We're going to continue our series in 1 John called Sure and Certain. We've been working our way through this series over the last number of weeks. And uh, today we're in 1 John chapter 4. You might want to turn that up if you've got a a Bible uh, nearby at home or you want to open it up on the app. And uh, we're going to read just a few short verses from 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. And we end there giving thanks to God for his word to us today. I hope you find this series encouraging. I hope it's been a help to you as you've discerned what God has been saying to us as a church as we think about how we can be sure and certain in days of uncertainty. If your child has ever said, words or a word that you didn't want them to say, didn't expect them to say, then you might have asked the question, where did you hear that? If someone gives you a cup of coffee and it tastes really good, you might ask, where where did you get that coffee? It was really nice. We are inquisitive about origin, aren't we? Where did you get your haircut? My wife did it. That's the answer at the minute, isn't it? Or my mum did it, or my sister did it. We're not going to barbers or or hairdressers. Where'd you get those running shoes? Or who sprayed your kitchen? We want to know about origin. We are inquisitive by nature about where things come from. In order to discover the worth or the reliability of things, we like to trace the origin. That was not the selling point for bananas. For Fife's bananas, bananas like these don't grow on trees. It's like they're otherworldly. They're out of this world. They're they're not growing where all the other bananas grow. Botanists are going to tell me that bananas don't grow on trees and they grow on some kind of plant or something like that. Origin. We want to find out where did the stuff come from? Where, where, Where did this originate? And in his New Testament letter to the church, John wants the congregation to to pry into the origin of the spirits. Pry into the origin of the messages that the false teachers are communicating. He wants them to trace where is the source of these pieces of information, spiritual pieces of information that you're hearing. Can you discern where it's coming from? He wants them to, you know, run the teaching through a scam-wise test to see is it really accurate Or are they going to be victims of spiritual fraud? Are they going to be caught out? A really simple test of authenticity is to see, is there consistency with the origin? 
Is this what it was like in the beginning? Is this what we've been told? Is this what we have seen from the beginning? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, we read these words, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. On a, a government website to help you and I protect ourselves about being taken in, to protect ourselves from being victims of fraud, we're given some information about how to discern what is true and what is false, what is genuine and what is fake, to discern false messages from true, we read these words. If you think a message or a call might be from an organization you have an existing relationship with, like your bank, and you want to be sure, one, go back to something you can trust. Visit the official website, log into your account, or phone their advertised phone number. Don't use the links or contact details in the message you have been sent or given over the phone. Go back to what you can trust. Go back. Go back to the origin. Go back to the source. Check uh, number two. Check to see if the official source has already told you that they will never ask this from you. For example, your bank might have told you that they will never ask for your password. Go back to something you can trust. Return to the official source. And that's what John is saying here in 1 John chapter 4. He wants this little church to be sure and certain that the messages that they're hearing come from God. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in flesh is from God. Don't be taken in. Don't be gullible enough to believe everyone who shares a message from God. There are ideas and thoughts and messages and calls upon your life that are not from God, that are not, they do not have God as their source or origin. Don't tolerate them. You know those little uh, letters that appear on a menu to tell people if, if there's like an ingredient in the, in the dish that they might be uh, upset by, you know, if they're gluten intolerant or dairy intolerant or something, they have a little, uh, little letter beside the, the dish just in case you're wheat intolerant or something like that, and, and they indicate, don't, don't swallow this, it will be harmful for you. It will do you damage. They, they act as warnings to steer you away from eating it, from consuming it. And John's flagging up what true Christianity is, what palatable Christianity is, what authentic delightful Christianity is, what you and I can swallow and what we should not tolerate. Denying that Jesus is fully human is unpalatable to genuine believers. In the situation that John wrote to, there were people who were saying that Jesus wasn't fully human, he just appeared to be human. We've thought about that before. The false teachers that had gone out from the fellowship were saying, I know Jesus looked like he was a human being, but he wasn't really human. In our day, we're more likely to come across teaching that will say that Jesus wasn't fully divine, 
that he wasn't fully God. People might accept more readily that Jesus was a, a good teacher, that he was an inspirational human being like other religious leaders, but he wasn't God. That's what we're going to come across. You think about the false teaching that is out there today on the side of the uh, dome of the rock, the mosque on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. These words are written in Arabic. God has no son. Islamic claim. God has no son. This is in direct contrast to the words that came from God the Father at the baptism of Jesus when he said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. If you don't want to be a victim of spiritual fraud, then familiarize yourself with the truth and you will be able to identify lies very easily. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. We need to make ourselves aware of the truth about God, the truth about Jesus Christ, that he came in flesh, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, heal the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is God the origin. Because of his origin, you and I can overcome. Because of his origin, we can overcome. That's what John is saying in this short section of Scripture. The next thing is a really simple thing that I think is pastorally really powerful. It's an encouragement that comes to every true believer and, and every true church. As a result of, of the reality of Jesus' origin, you and I can overcome. Because of his origin, we can overcome. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There's so much to lift us from our despair in verse 4 of John, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 4. So much to lift us, strengthen us, equip us, to a nervy and anxious congregation, John speaks words that are powerful. The people looking over their shoulder wondering, Where, where's the next attack coming from? Where's the next pressure coming from? John addresses them as little children. I want you to see the pastoral significance of this. John recognizes their weaknesses. John recognizes their limitations. John recognizes their foolishness. He calls them little children. That's who we are. We're little children in the eyes of God. And John, as a pastor, sees us little flock as little children. He reminds them of their smallness as a way of counseling them, as a way of ministering to them. He reminds them that kind of what we've just been singing, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. He says, little children. He doesn't give them a pep talk to boost their self-confidence. John has no interest in massaging their ego and saying, come on, you're great. You're strong. You've got it all together. You'll be fine. You've got this. 
He's not into fist bumps and like, come on, yeah, you're, the, you're big and you're strong and you've, you've got it all together. He calls them little children and his pastry really, really powerful. He reminds them of God's perspective on who they are. He locates their security, their certainty, their significance, their worth in the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in them. In the face of all these false spirits that are out there and these false messages, there is one spirit in them, the Holy Spirit, uniting them as a people of God, uniting them with God who is one, the Holy Spirit who is greater than them all. There's a fantastic moment in the film Beethoven. It's maybe been a while since you've seen Beethoven. I don't know when. It was made in 1937 or something like that. It's a really old uh, family film, but it's an absolutely fantastic movie. We've probably watched it about 70 times, so uh, I know it really well. Our kids absolutely love it. But there's a fantastic moment when the, the nerdy little guy called Ted is about to get beaten up by a bunch of bullies. He's on the school bus and they're picking on him and eventually he just grabs his bag and the door's open and he runs down the street and the, the three bullies chase him and they're big and strong and older than him and there's more of them than him and he's so puny and, and weak and uh, they'd wipe the floor with him and uh, he's not far from his home and they start to like steal his glasses and poke at him, make fun of him. And he thinks he must have to do something himself. And he raises his fists, his little skinny arms. But what he doesn't see is that just behind him comes Beethoven running out of the house. And, and Beethoven bears his teeth. This massive St. Bernard dog is standing right behind him. And the bullies start to panic just as he puts his fists up and they give him his glasses back and they apologize and sort of dust him down and they run off because they saw Beethoven. They saw power. They saw strength. The color drained from their eyes as they saw the sharp teeth of Beethoven. But Ted was oblivious to it all. He goes into the house and starts flexing his muscles in the mirror and thinks he's really impressive and but it wasn't him that chased the bullies away at all. That power came from Beethoven. And it's the same for us. But the Holy Spirit isn't just behind us. The Holy Spirit isn't just beside us or ahead of us. The Holy Spirit is in us. It was his power that raised Christ from the dead. And so there is no enemy, no spirit, no obstacle, no situation, no person that should cause you and I fear because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. The power that, or the word that John uses to describe this overcoming is nikao. Nikao, the Greek word to conquer. It's where we get Nike from. Winning, victory, overcoming. That's what's going on here. We can overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, little children. You are from God, and you have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You can be sure and certain today, because Jesus, the Son of God, has come in flesh, and the Holy Spirit is in you and is greater than anything you face in your life right now, greater than Satan, greater than sin, greater, greater than death. 
No enemy or obstacle you face is greater or stronger than the God that we serve who lives in us. In closing, just this week I read as I was preparing for today about the American Civil War and the Union General George McClellan. He always seemed fearful that the enemy had superior forces, so he sent out uh, spies. He never attacked Robert E. Lee in the early days of the Civil War. And at Richmond, he sent a spy, a man called Alan Pinkerton, to assess the Confederate forces. And Pinkerton could only see a certain number of forces. He, he could only see a small group that didn't look that impressive. So he assumed that there were more. And he went back and inflated the numbers in his report. And as a result, McClellan did not attack. Writing about this, one commentator says, that's often the way we Christians are. We overestimate the power of our enemy and underestimate the power of God. Christianity is radically different from motivational speech. Christianity says, little children, you're small, you're weak, you don't have it all together, but there is one who lives in you who is greater than all the things that stand against you. The Bible doesn't call you to search for the hero inside yourself. It accurately acknowledges you and I as small, small kids with a great big father. Our God is a great big God, and he holds us in his hands. We have the Holy Spirit in us so that no matter how we inflate the numbers, no matter how bleak our circumstances, no matter how we exaggerate the obstacles that are before us, God is greater than them all. Christ is more wise, more loving, more powerful than anything or anyone that we face. May that be an encouragement to you in the coming days. May the reality of that make you sure and certain in the middle of a global pandemic when there is so much uncertainty and fear. May you know the presence of the one who is greater than it all in your life. Just as one simple way to respond this week, I want to encourage you to, to write a prayer in a notebook or a journal, or you might even just want to type it up on your phone in your notes. You could just identify yourself as a little child. Just write that at the top, little child. Find rest in the fact that that's who you are in God's sight. God is not naming you as the answer to your problems. God is not um, banking his hope on you, solving everything and sorting everything out. Find rest in the fact that God has called you a little child. Little children, you are from God. Write that out. Little children, you are from God and have overcome. Write that at the top of the page. And then underneath, when you've written the word overcome, then you write everything that stands in your way. You write everything that intimidates you. Cancer, debt, divorce, loneliness, depression, job uncertainty, disappointment with a friend or family member, whatever it is that intimidates you or bullies you, whatever has you hiding in the corner, you write those things down, name those things before God, and then write at the bottom of the page, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Because of his origin, you have overcome Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not famine or sword or sickness or death, not height or depth or anything else. 
because of his origin. You have overcome. Let's take a moment to pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Christ Jesus, your son, is eternal. No beginning. No end. Thank you that we can entrust ourselves to him completely. Grant us an intolerance of any spirit or message that denies Jesus as fully God and fully man. Thank you that in Scripture, we're assured of your promised Holy Spirit in our lives. May we know his inner power at work in us. Awaken us to the great news that because your Spirit lives in us, we have nothing to fear. We can be sure and certain of victory that has already been accomplished at the cross because of Jesus. Awaken us to that truth by your Spirit. For it's in the name of Christ Jesus that we pray. Amen.